0: Jeff introduced himself this morning. I did not, uh, so I'm going to introduce myself now. My name is Brian, and uh, I am the pastor here at Faith Lutheran Church, and again, I want to say welcome in Christ's name. It's good to have each and every one of you here. If you brought your Bibles this morning, uh, I want to invite you to get those out as well. Uh, If you want to pull out your Bible on your cellular mobile, uh, that's wonderful as well. We're going to be in Scripture a lot this morning, and so just want to encourage and invite you uh, to spend some time as we're looking at uh, Scripture this morning. I'm going to invite us to to bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this new day, for this new season, for the rains that uh, shower the earth. We thank you, God, for the waters which come to us and meet us. We thank you, Lord, for this gathering of your people. And we pray, Lord, that as we reflect on your holy word uh, this morning, that you you may guide my thoughts, my words, and all of our uh, thoughts and words this morning. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to start out by just asking you a question. What just happened? What just happened at the baptismal font? And depending on what tradition or how you grew up, I'm imagining, guessing, that many of us are thinking different things uh, might have been going on here a few moments ago with Ellie. If you grew up in a particular tradition, you might think, well, that's just tradition. That's just what the church does, is it baptizes little children, right? And you might chalk up what we just did to tradition, church tradition. You might be thinking, well, that's just what people have done for ages and ages and ages. Some of you, uh, you also might be thinking... Well, um, that baptism was really important for Ellie's uh, salvation. So this was kind of like fire insurance, right? Right? Sometimes some of us think that when a child is baptized, that salvation happens, right? And Aaron, you know a thing or two about policy and maybe even, I don't know if you do fire insurance or not. What kind of insurance do you do? You do it all. Okay. So you, you know the details that none of the rest of us read, right? <laughs> and so that might be what's going on in your mind as well. Baptism, salvation, instant. We got to do that while well, there's still a child, right? Or tradition. And this is what the church does. Or maybe you grew up in another tradition. And you watched that event a little while ago and you thought to yourself, that's symbolism. That is pure symbolism. There's nothing mystical about it. There's nothing magical about it. It's just uh, a symbol, the ways in which God comes and meets us in the waters. And I want to spend a little time this morning talking about baptism because I think many of us don't fully understand what baptism is. I think we err when we think it's either magic or it's pure symbolism. And this morning we're going to spend a lot of time in scripture because this is our how we understand baptism is deeply rooted in scripture. This isn't just stuff that we make up. This isn't just tradition of the church. But this, is, this is theological idea is rooted and grounded in Scripture this morning. And I want to tell you, I want to convince you this morning that what went on this morning is so much bigger than symbolism. But what went on this morning is also not magic. We believe that this is a movement of the Holy Spirit whenever a person is baptized that there's mystery involved. And I'm not gonna be able to explain it all to you this morning, because one of the most important things we need to understand about the waters of baptism is there is mystery. There are just things we don't understand because God's involved, and none of us have the mind of God. And so this morning, I wanna give you a couple things to think about as it relates to baptism and how it's rooted in scripture. And I call this the five S's of baptism. The five S's of baptism. And the first S, um, and those of you who grew up in the church, you probably know the first S, right? It is a sacrament. Baptism is a sacrament. It is literally a sacred gift, sacred meaning holy. It's something that comes from God to us. We might think to ourselves, well, this is something that Brad and Aaron and Ellie did this morning, or this is something that the pastor did this morning. But I want to remind you, this is something that God has done this morning. We just happen to show up. Amen. Yeah, that's what a sacrament is. It's it's a sacred gift from God. I didn't bring the gift today. You didn't bring the gift today. God brought the gift, and God promises to show up in these waters of baptism. Now, if you uh, have your Bibles, I want to invite you to go to Mark 1. Mark 1, beginning with verse 1. And if you don't have your Bibles, are we going to put on the screen for them, Debbie? Awesome. All right. Mark 1, beginning with verse 1. The beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the son of God, as it is written in Isaiah, the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord make straight paths for him. And so john the Baptist appeared in the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. He ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I will baptize you with water. But he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. A voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. I want you to look at this text this morning, what we just read, and identify all the words that Jesus spoke. None. Zero. Jesus just showed up. He did not show up and make a profession of faith and then be baptized. That didn't happen. It's not in scripture, folks. Jesus just showed up. And that's what a sacrament is about. It's about just showing up and allowing God to do and God to speak into our lives, to speak into Ellie's life this morning. She didn't make a profession of faith this morning, right? She slept through the whole thing. We're going to have to tell her about it years later. That's what a sacrament is. It's a gift from God. We just show up and receive uh, what God has placed over us. And I love this passage Because God says, I love you. You are my child. Jesus' ministry hasn't even begun yet. He hasn't spoken a word. He hasn't performed a miracle. He hasn't done anything. He just showed up. And John baptizes him with water. And so why do we baptize little babies? They just show up, right? Why not? We just bring them right into church because we don't ask anything from them. We just ask them to show up, mom or dad, bring that baby into church so that we can baptize him or her, or as as adults. We don't expect you to have it all figured out. We don't expect you to to make a profession of faith, sometimes called believer's baptism. Maybe you've heard that term before. We We don't practice that. Because it's it's not always in scripture. And in this case, it's not in scripture. Now, if you're an adult or a, a older than a baby and you've never been baptized, we accept that. And we think that's a wonderful thing that if you make a profession of faith in Jesus Christ and you've never been baptized, we're going to invite you to come to the font and get wet. It's not that we're against believers baptism. We just don't think that faith is necessary for Jesus. It was not he just showed up. It's a sacred gift. It's a sacrament from God, it's, and it's part of a sacrament is also uh, it, there's a visual element to it. We say by water and the word, by water and the word. In the, in the Lutheran church, we have two sacraments, baptism and Holy Communion, right? And, and in baptism, of course, the visual element is the water and the word that was spoken over it, and in Holy Communion, We've got the bread and the wine and the word that's spoken over it. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I just want to touch God. Sometimes God feels so elusive. Sometimes my life, I just feel so far from God. And one of the gifts of baptism and Holy Communion is that it literally invites us to touch and experience the Holy Spirit. That's powerful, folks, when you think about it. This is not just water. Make no mistake about it. It's not magic water. It's not holy water. This is tap water. I poured it myself this morning. But when the word was spoken over over that water, something mysterious happened, and Christ promises to live and dwell in that water. So Jesus is present in this water this morning because we spoke over it. And we, Ellie, got to touch it first, right? And a little while later, I'm going to invite all of us uh, to touch that water, to, to, to physically touch the presence of the Holy Spirit this morning. Another element to a sacrament uh, are promises. You've got that on your outline, right? And we began our time uh, with, with these guys up here, and I asked you guys to make promises. I asked you guys to make promises. And then I asked the congregation to make promises. But the first person who made a promise even before you came in this morning was God. There's four parties, four people who are gathering together around the baptismal font. And and we all made the same promise that we are going to raise this child in the Christian faith and in the Christian life. And that's really important. The promises of God in a sacrament And the last thing I want to say about a sacrament and why we call it a sacrament is because they came from the very lips of Jesus Christ. That's why we only have two sacraments in the Lutheran church. Other churches maybe have more than two sacraments. And and, uh, these words uh, came uh, from the very lips of Jesus Christ. In Matthew 28, this is what Jesus says about baptism. Go, therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. Jesus told us to do this. Jesus told us, whenever you gather together to eat the bread, to drink the wine, and proclaim that I am with you. He says, do this. This is what I want you to do. Go into the world, baptize Invite the Holy Spirit to dwell. And this is the ideas behind a sacrament. Now, the second S of the five S's is summoned, 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 chosen by God, set apart for a purpose, called to discipleship. Now, when I was five years old, my grandparents lived uh, on a 10 acre farm in uh, northwestern Iowa. And uh, my grandfather gave me a BB gun. And I would go out into the grove uh, with my BB gun, and I would shoot whatever I could find out in the grove. And it was a BB gun. So I'm not sure that I ever hit anything, but it was fun to just shoot trees. And I don't know, I tried to shoot birds, and just anything that was moving and that I thought was a target. And, And I would just walk through the woods with my BB gun. And I thought I was a big, ferocious hunter. And my grandpa, while he gave me the BB gun, my grandma said, okay, you can just have at it in the Grove. Go shoot your BB gun uh, out in the woods, out in the Grove. But when we ring the bell and they had a, a school bell on their property, that means to come home, it's lunchtime. So I'd be out in the woods and I'd be shooting things and all sorts of, you know, playing adventure. And all of a sudden I would hear this school bell ringing. And I knew it was time for me to come home. That's the same way in baptism. Through these waters, we are summoned. We are called. Ellie. I'm calling for you, Ellie. That's what's happening. That's what happened a few moments ago as God was summoning, calling Ellie to himself. The Scripture text that I want to invite you to jump into, it's in Ezekiel 36. Ezekiel 36, and there's a great uh, story in the Old Testament. And those of you who have been uh, around church know the story of Ezekiel. God's people were enslaved. God's people had done some really bad stuff, and so they were hauled off to Babylon, and they were miserable. And they were crying out to God, saying, "God, rescue us, deliver us, We are miserable." And this went on year after year after year. And God shows up through the prophet Ezekiel. And this is what God says, speaking through Ezekiel. Ezekiel, there we go. Um, Let's see, Ezekiel uh, 36. God says this, for here's what I'm going to do. For I'm going to take you out of these countries, gather you from all over and bring you back to your own land. I'll pour water over you and scrub you clean. I'll give you a new heart and I'll put a new spirit in you. I'll remove that stone heart from your body. Stone, think about the imagery. This is your heart when you're separated from God. It's a stone and this is where God's people were. But God says, I'm going to remove that stone heart from your body and replace it with a heart that's God-willed, not self-willed. I'll put my spirit in, in you and make it possible for you to do what I tell you and to live by my commands. You'll once again live in the land I gave to your ancestors. You'll be my people and I'll be your God. So notice in this text over and over and over, God is the actor. God is the one who is doing the rescuing. God's people, the Israelites, they are the recipients. They are simply being rescued. So when Ellie comes to the water of baptism this morning, God is the one who is doing the rescuing. God is the one who is washing her and cleansing her and placing this new heart in her tiny little body. God is the actor. God is the one who has summoned and called Ellie uh, into this place this morning to be among us. Sacrament, summoned, third S, soaked. Soaked. Soaked, of course, uh, with water. And when we think about water, there's so many great images uh, from Scripture and we think, and, and those of us, even if you didn't grow up, in the, grow up in the church, you know the story of how God looked around shortly after God created the world and says, Wow, these are evil people. We need to start over. And so God called a man by the name of Noah, and he used the flood waters to cleanse the earth. God washed the whole earth because it was so evil. And God, this is what God does is he uses water over and over and over to wash things, to wash the earth, to wash people. Several hundred years later, God was rescuing, don't miss the imagery, rescuing the Israelites out of Egypt. And as they're running around through the desert, all of a sudden they come up against the Red Sea and they're like, now what do we do? And you guys know this story. Moses throws his staff down. The water's part. God's people go through the water. And then as the Egyptians are chasing them down, the water comes down. God literally rescues the Israelites from their enemies with water. Over and over and over, God soaks and uses water to cleanse and to heal. And then I think about that story uh, in John 3 between Jesus and Nicodemus. And Nicodemus is trying to figure out who Jesus is. And so Nicodemus comes to Jesus and says, who are you? And Jesus says, I am the Messiah. And if you want to follow me, you need to be born again. They have this interesting, strange conversation. It's this idea of rebirth from death back into life. And this of course is what water has the power to do, is to cleanse, to wash. Now sometimes people will ask, well, you know, the word baptizo in the original Greek language literally means to submerge. And that is absolutely true. And uh, in our Lutheran uh, tradition, in our Lutheran theology, we're we're great uh, submerging people, right? We, we do submerge. In fact, if you were to go to, uh, to Wittenberg, Germany, you would see some of the Lutheran churches. There is a huge bathtub uh, that Lutherans, from the very earliest of days, would uh, submerge uh, people into the water. We just thought that would be kind of cruel and unusual punishment this morning, right? To do that to Ellie. We just don't believe the quantity of the water matters, whether it's a bowl of water, whether it's a bathtub of water, whether it's just a few drops of water. We believe that Jesus Christ is present in all those quantities of water. God uses the water to wash, to cleanse. When I was a a youth minister about 15, 20 years ago, I would take my youth group kids uh, to the mountains of Montana and for for five days, we would backpack through the Beartooth Mountains uh, just south of Billings uh, in Montana. If you've ever backpacked in the mountains, it's a wonderful, incredible, amazing experience, but it's also a very stinky uh, experience because for five days, you're sweating, carrying all your gear on your back, and I would take these youth, they were all ninth graders, and we would, we would uh, spend the week and, and we could hardly stand each other sleeping in the same tents with one another. I could hardly stand smelling myself. And after five days of, of not showering, I just couldn't wait to get back to our base camp. And then we'd get back to the base camp and I would go into the shower and the kids would go into the shower. and It's like the longest shower I ever took in my life, right? I mean, when you get really dirty, you just can't wait. You crave to be washed. And this is why baptism is so important. Because we all need to be cleansed. Because we get weighted down with the sin of the world. And we need to be cleansed regularly. Not just once. You don't just need one bath in your life. You need a regular bath. And so this is what uh, we think about as we are washed and cleansed. <laughs> Sacrament summoned, soaked number four. Surrounded. Surrounded. When a person is baptized, they are surrounded. They are adopted into God's family. They are named a, a disciple, a Christ follower. They are claimed forever. Forever. So this morning, Ellie becomes a faith partner in the life of this church. She's not just some stranger among us. She is fully one of us. We celebrate that and we, we, we surround her with love and with grace and with the body, uh, the body of Christ who are uh, gathered here today. So I've given you a couple concentric circles here, and I want to kind of do a little bit of imagery with you this morning. So in the middle of that circle, um, uh, since Ellie is the star of the show this morning, we're all going to just write Ellie in the middle. Okay, everybody write Ellie, or you can write Eleanor. Either way, I'm good. And then the next concentric circle, she's the center of the show. We're going to write Brad and Erin. Brad and Erin. Do you know who the most important people are in raising Ellie in the faith are? Not the pastor, not the Sunday school teacher. You guys. You feel the weight, you guys, that's right. And if you feel the weight of the world on your shoulders raising her in the Christian faith, you should. Because it's a huge responsibility. And so you guys surround Ellie day in and day out, and you teach her, and you pray with her, and you read scripture with her. But guess what? We're not going to just leave the two of you alone to raise Ellie all on your own. We're going to surround you with some other people. And, and, and in the next circle, you could, you could write um, uh, baptismal sponsors. You could write grandparents. You could raise, uh, write aunts and uncles. You could raise, uh, write in other family members. You could write in other friends. And those of you who are family and friends of Brad and Aaron, you could, just, you could write lots and lots of people uh, in that circle because it's, it's going to take a whole crew of family and friends to raise Ellie in the faith of Jesus Christ. And in the last circle, that's where you want to put congregational people. That's where you can put me, the pastor. You can put Jeff as the worship leader. You could put uh, 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 Sunday school teacher, Stacy. I mean, you, you can put all sorts of different people in the life of this church. My, my hope is that when you guys show up, in Ellie, that when, as, as she gets a little bit older, you're going to show up, and you're gonna just, people are going to come all over you, right? And they're just going to pass Ellie around in the life of this church, and we're going to love on her, and we're going to rock with her, we're going to uh, sing to her, and, and we're just going to walk alongside you in this Christian journey. And so I hope you're getting a visual of what this looks like. When a person is baptized, um, they are surrounded by a community, uh, a body of Jesus Christ, and it takes lots and lots of people. Now, about a year ago, I did a sermon series uh, based kind of on a book called Growing Young, Six Essential Strategies to Help Young People Discover and Love Your Church. And this book is based all about research and how do we effectively raise young people in the faith of Jesus Christ. And what they've learned, see old school thinking is we're going to put a bunch of kids in a group, five, maybe ten kids. We're going to have a youth leader, a youth, uh, a youth minister, a youth pastor with them. And that person is just going to disciple them. And what the research shows is that doesn't work. That's old school programming. You know what works? You have five adults of faith for one child, so you have five youth workers for every one child. you have to place lots and lots and lots of people in the life of your kids. That's why it's so important that you are surrounding Ellie uh, with all sorts of people here in the life of the church and other Jesus followers. She needs people to speak into her life. And when she makes bad decisions growing up, she's going to pretty soon, Brad, she's going to think you're dumber than a box of rocks, right? <laughs> I mean, right now and for a couple of years, it's going to be pretty cool, but a little while down the road, they're going to be like, blah, 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 dad, I don't want to hear it, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's why she needs other people to speak Jesus uh, into her life, and you need to be surrounded. Now, I, I was thinking, um, when I was a kid, I used to, one of my favorite TV shows, and this is maybe a little bit heretical to say this in Bloomington, uh, uh, Illinois, is one of my favorite TV shows was Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. Anybody ever watch that? Yeah, I love that show. And I know all you state, farm, and country people are like, oh, I can't believe he's talking about that, right? But I loved watching that show, and it was just, you know, every week, you know, Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom, and, you know, you watch all these, uh, the African, you know, animals, and, um, you know, they would go to South America and all these places, and it was just so fun to watch all these animals. And, and, and I remember very vividly uh, the show, the episode, where there's this group of antelope, Right. And there's there's these uh, these, uh, lions uh, hunting these antelope. But as long as the antelope all stayed in a cluster, um, the the lions weren't going to attack, right? But pretty soon, uh, one of those antelope broke her little antelope legs, right? And she gets separated from the pack of antelope. I don't know if it's a pack, I don't know, cluster, group, herd of antelope. And then all those lions know exactly what to do, right? The one that's separated from the pack, the herd, they attack. That's exactly what Satan does in our lives. Is he waits for us to get separated from the church. And sometimes as I talk to people, they'll say to me, I love Jesus. I think Jesus is awesome. I love to read scripture. I just don't need the church. I just don't like organized religion. And I just wanted to remind you that little antelope with a broken leg and all the evil coming after that little one, folks, we need the church. I know the church is frustrating. I know the church is sinful people. You're here this morning, right? I know the church can be frustrating and irritating and we struggle with one another and we don't always agree on stuff. Sometimes we rarely agree on stuff, but the church is necessary. God created us for community. God created us to walk together with one another, to surround each other, so that when the temptations, the evil, and all the things come at you during the week and in your life, the church can surround you just as the church has surrounded Ellie this morning. We all need to be surrounded. And this is one of the reasons why we we place a, a lot of focus and emphasis on small groups here at faith. We think it's wonderful that you come on Sunday mornings. We just don't think this is enough. We want to surround you and invite you to be a part of a small group, to encourage you, to support you, to walk alongside you. Number five, sent. In the waters of baptism, we are sent. We are blessed to be a blessing. We are equipped for serving others. We are gifted for others. I think one of the most important things I want to say about this is life is not about you. As a Jesus follower, your life is not about you. God has given you gifts and blessings so that you may use and share those things with others. Now, now Brad and Aaron, I would imagine you have a few dreams for Ellie, right? Is she going to play guitar or piano? Have we talked about this yet? Both. There you go. She's going to be a musician, right? Okay. Awesome. You know, I think about Ellie and I think about, you know, if you thought about, is she going to be like a, a soccer player, a runner, a basketball player, or a, I don't know, football, softball, come on, what, what she, you, might, you might have some dreams. Is, is Ellie going to be an athlete? You probably have some dreams for her. And as you're raising her, you're going to speak into her life and encourage her and invite her. And Ellie's going to have all sorts of gifts. I don't know, Erin, maybe she's going to be really good with numbers and detail, and maybe she's going to be writing policy someday. Is that one of your dreams? <laughs> not, not so much? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I, just, I, I look at it, have you ever looked at a tiny baby and they, they just scream potential, right? There's just so much inside of them. And you look at them and go, oh, what are they going to become? What's their life going to be about? How are they going to serve in the world? And the Apostle Paul reminds us in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, he says, you know, I've, I've, we have it up there. There are different kinds of gifts, spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit who gives them. Did you guys know this morning that when Ellie was baptized, the Holy Spirit came and has already begun filling her with gifts. It's amazing. And then one last verse I want to show with you here this morning. All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Go. Go. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. This is what it means to be baptized, that we are sent out into the world and make more disciples who make more disciples. See, we'd love to just keep Ellie home all day long, right? Love on her, kiss her, care for her. But the truth is, Ellie is also called to go and serve as a missionary, as a minister of Jesus Christ in the world. So, I want to close by just saying a couple things this morning. Number one, baptism is the beginning of the faith journey. Baptism is the beginning of the faith journey. What happened this morning is not the end, it's the very beginning. Baptism is an invitation every single day of Ellie's life and of your life to live wet, to receive what God has given to you. Every single day. Baptism is not a once and done thing, it is an invitation every single day. And we simply receive it by faith. I want to, one more quote here for you. Uh, Martin Luther once said, Baptism without faith is just a good bath. Isn't that great? There's nothing magical about the water here this morning. <laughs> Baptism only is effective when it is partnered with faith in Jesus Christ. And that's a lifelong journey, right? That is something that we need to embrace to receive every single day of our lives. Last story, and then I'm going to close. Um, a couple of years ago, a friend of mine, uh, we joke around a lot, he gave me a t shirt. And it's a very cheesy t shirt. And uh, I have never worn the T-shirt. I will never wear the T-shirt because it's so cheesy. And I'm not even going to tell you what's on the T-shirt because it's so cheesy. And so this T-shirt sits in the drawer of uh, my drawer, whatever. I don't know. Every now and then I run across and I'm like, oh, there's that uh, T-shirt. And I remember my friend. And I'm like, yeah, I'm never wearing that T-shirt. And I think sometimes this is what we think about baptism. Oh, I got a gift. Just going to put it away and put it on the shelf. And too often, I think we go through life just leaving baptism put away and not embracing it. Baptism is meant to be lived every single day. Every day. Whenever we see water, we are to be reminded, invited, that Jesus has washed me clean today. Today. And why does that matter? It matters, folks, because you you sin, right? I sin, we all sin, and we all need to be washed regularly. We all need to be washed daily. And so this morning, uh, as you come up to receive communion, I want to invite you to just put your hand in the water to touch the Holy Spirit, to be reminded that the Holy Spirit is with you. The Holy Spirit promises to come to you in these waters and wash you clean. And I think that's good news because we all need to be washed clean today and every day. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a God who has come to Ellie this morning. And for those of us, Lord, who have been baptized in you, you came to us once upon a time. And God, you continue each and every day to say, come and receive this gift again and again and again. And Lord, I I, I need to be cleansed regularly. And I know my brothers and sisters here also need to be washed clean. So meet us today as you have met Ellie. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer.